Welcome to the DGR Podcast. I'm your host, David Gray. Hello everyone, David here. Welcome back to the world's best podcast. Um, I hope you're doing well. Today I have a guest that you're probably familiar with if you've been in my kind of world for a little while. I have Chris Leddy, aka Coach Chris, aka The Led. Chris is a coach in our member site, so if you're one of the 470-ish members listening to this, you definitely know Chris, but you probably know him anyway because you probably have seen him on my Instagram and stuff like that over the last couple of years. And even if you don't, don't worry. It's a very, very, very good conversation. I first met Chris a couple of years ago because he was struggling and suffering with quite a serious back injury at the time and sciatica symptoms and all that stuff, and that was quite a serious deal for him for anyone it's a serious thing but serious thing for him because he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he is a jiu-jitsu coach and he owns his own owns and runs his own jiu-jitsu club and it's a very successful business training a lot of students there basically that was kind of all taken away from him at the time because he couldn't really do any of that he couldn't walk or run or sit down even or anything like that so I helped him after he got a surgery I helped him rehab all the way back up to where he is now and basically his body is According to himself, at least it's moving better than ever. And it's literally transformed from where I saw him to where he is now. Like just everything looks different. Everything moves different. And he's a good example of like an injury not not being a life-changing thing. Well, it probably did change his life in some ways, but not like, okay, this is it. And I'm just screwed now. He's someone who's a great example to other people of, of what you can achieve. And we got along so well over those couple of years and he took to the work so much that He's obviously coaching for us now and showing other people this stuff. The stuff that I do applies to people who are injured or not. It's just, or I think so at least, it's just like, here's how you can move your joints a bit better. Here's how you can move your body a bit better. Here's how you can get a bit stronger and all that stuff. I think that obviously applies to everyone. So yeah, we basically, Chris kind of wanted to come and and start to coach this stuff because he's so passionate about it and he's taking it in his own direction and his cueing and all of that stuff. He's absolutely brilliant. So I couldn't have asked for a better coach for our online classes and um, the live stuff and uh, the recordings of those that people are doing, they just get phenomenal changes and they learn a lot from him. So it was great to get Chris on and get kind of his side of the story. So without further ado, I'm going to let you into the conversation. Here is me and the lead. Who was the best one? I liked, and forgive me, I'm not good with names, but you'll have to help me here. I liked the, and I took a lot from, your friend who was talking about the trunk discipline and he was talking about Jonas, Jonas. I took a lot from that. And I love, I love when someone explains something, uh, maybe a little bit otherwise niche or otherwise hard to put words to. I love when they just have such a matter of fact, yeah. lots of, lots of your guests have mentioned John Danaher, that jujitsu guy, and he's kind of to the other degree of it a little bit, but, the same to hear someone talk about something kind of arbitrary, not arbitrary, but you know, something that you don't hear people talk about every day, just simply and in words that everybody understands. So that was my favorite one. I think mm-hmm. the trunk discipline applies so much to the stuff that we talk about. Yeah. And he's was, talking about with sprinting. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I know I used to be pretty quick. I used to be fastest man in Bray. So maybe that's <laughs> where I'm picking up. That's true. That's true. Um, I used to be a very fast runner, never, like I was never in a running club or anything like that. But yeah, that's what kind of what I mean. I have no interest, not no interest, but I have no application for the sprinting details that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But him talking about trunk discipline and the way that he talked about it helped me 
in two words, put terms and easy to understand term on so much of the stuff that I was trying to yeah. communicate in the class. And it's really, it's re so well packaged trunk discipline. It's just, it yeah. explains so much in two words. So yeah. I love big that. Time. I love big that. Time. Because there's people like, you know, you, you, there's the big thing on social media now, which is there's no right way to lift weights. And it's absolutely correct. There's no right way of doing it. But that's coming kind of from the pain science world, which is like, no matter what you do, your body's going to adapt to and get stronger at. So like do whatever you want and just, just take care of load. Don't be stupid with your load, just progressive overload, right? That's a key pr principle. And that's coming from the pain science world. And that's creeping into the strength and conditioning world as well, which is a good thing. It's telling people don't, like, don't be afraid of these positions, get into whatever position and just be smart with your load. But it's, it's starting to creep into the performance world as well, because like these, some of these kind of people who interpret the pain science research are so loud and so outspoken that they are starting to say, if any, even if a performance coach now says like, here's how I want my athletes to lift weight, they're not talking about pain. They don't, pain doesn't even come into their mind. They're saying like, here's how I think you should lift so that we got transferability maybe onto how you jump and how you run and stuff like that. It's even creeping into those worlds where there's, there's no right way to do it. There's no right way to do it, but for each individual athlete, there might be a better way to do it, which is actually you are not just extending your back in every single deadlift and every single squat you do, you're not just using like your back as your primary mover there, there. When it comes to performance, there's definitely a right way to do it. Um, no, sorry, not definitely, but there's like, if you're talking about sprinters, you're trying to ingrain hip extension before knee extension, bum before back trunk discipline, like, and you're trying to work on that on the track or on the field. And then you just go into the gym and say, just lift however the hell you want, as if that's not going to carry over. So like we have to separate the pain world from the performance world in that way where, yeah, it doesn't mean you're going to get injured if you do it this way, but it also doesn't, it, it could have negative transfer to the other things that you're trying to do. Yeah. That's my CV basically there. 10 years of negative transfer, pretty much. <laughs> ish ish when i look back on the things that i was prescribed or the things that i that i that i chased uh in the gym i, I enjoyed lifting weights i enjoyed all and i've tried everything i've i've i was actually at the first in europe uh crossfit certification so i was i was crossfit level one certified in like 2006 or 2007 or something and I was deadlifting, I was snatching, I was squatting, I was overhead squatting, I was doing all of these things. And I was focused as many people are on the task. I was able to get the weight up and down. Uh, I was able to run fast afterwards, but I never really made any consideration for what my, what, what, what I was turning myself into, if that makes sense. Uh, and for, for me, I didn't want to be stiff and I didn't want to be, uh, kind of like slow and sluggish and stuff like that. But that's certainly how my training was making me feel. And I didn't know there was an alternative. Do you know, I thought the alternative was, uh, yoga. I thought it was either lift weights or be into stretching. Um, but it's, I'm in a beautiful position now where I feel like I'm training in, in a gym environment harder in some ways than ever before, but with an actual 
with a goal of a positive transfer, you know, and actually understanding what that might be or, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that I just never noticed it for so long though. You yeah. Know? No, I was the same. I went down like the Edo Portal route. I was like heavy into the strength stuff for, for years with the GA and like, that's where strength and condition really started to come in. Uh, you know, that Armagh team, that Tyrone team, you know, really started to come in. All the Northern teams basically got massive, like, and, and we were, we were trying to kind of replicate that. And then my decision was, oh, hang on, like, this is making me feel like shit here. And I need to go down the other route, which was like the movement culture and all of this stuff, the stretch and all of this stuff. And actually, like, it just turns out, no, you just do the gym stuff. You just do it well. Yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah, it's a strange circle to have, to have gone. I thought, for, I thought initially when I... <sighs> when I was approaching these, this, these new ways of doing exercises. And when I met you first, I thought initially, I was like, Oh, well, I'm never going to go to the gym again. Do you know? Because the, that's the stuff that led me to this pain and, and stiffness and all of that stuff. But now I find myself just back in the gym doing the same exercises that I was before, but with different rules or constraints, or even just with a different instruction manual, you know, I think that was a way that I was trying to describe it to somebody else before is you can get something from, Ikea or you get a, a Lego set or something like that. And if you don't have the instruction manual, it's still the same set. You can still put all the same pieces together, but it might be very different for the two people. And mine was certainly uh, very different for a long time. So yeah, it's nice to have a, it's nice to have a kind of a instruction manual that I feel is a little bit more considered. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's rough. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's certain rules that I abide by. And, and like, you see me, I put up an, a Jefferson curl on Instagram the other day and stuff like that. Like, so it's just understanding the attention intention behind the task. So if I'm doing a squat, I want to learn to be able to fold at the hips and the knees, right? If I only really fold at the knees, then I'm going to really not load the hips. If I only really fold at the hips, it's more of a hinge and I'm going to load a lot of, a lot of the back as well. So if I only fold at the hips, like it becomes, looks like more like a good morning. I get a lot of back extensors of back, back extension. If I only really fold at the knees, then I get a lot more of like a, probably get a lot more like a, a butt wink and stuff like that. And I'm traveling, trying to push forward. If I can learn to fold at the hips and the knees, then I load the quads, the hamstrings, the calves, and a little bit of the back as well. And, and I stand up and down in that way. And like where you feel like you, where you, whatever way you do it, you will see muscle growing. Like that's, that's just a, that's just physics, right? You're just putting load on certain areas of the body when it comes to a deadlift or a hinge, like more, there's more, there's more fold at the hip. That's it. So I just have them kind of constraints in place or that I get very heavy on how I teach people that stuff in the beginning. And then every exercise becomes a, a quote unquote mobility exercise and the strength exercise because you just do it in a way that each session or every week or every couple of weeks, like you actually get deeper and deeper into them tissues. You get deeper into the glute in every hinge you do or every week. And that is mobility. But you will never get that if like your primary mover is always your lower back or your knee extension or something like that. Now, go and do it. This is, and then there's people there who understand that. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, don't do any, you're saying don't do any knee extension work. No, go on to the leg extension and do your knee extension work if you want. And I'm a big fan of that as well, but it's the intention behind it. 
your leg extension is for knee extension. You're going to train that. Your squat is for this, this, and this. Your hinges for this, this, and this. And that's kind of the instruction manual that you're talking about. Be intentional with the exercises. If you want to round your back and want to train spinal flexion and load it, like go and do a Jefferson curl. Go and do whatever of these exercises you're going to do. Go and do your crunches and stuff, but don't confuse one thing with the other because you are going to learn a pattern. And then when people learn that pattern early on, they keep it with them and they take it with them wherever they go. So like your system is unbelievable at learning. So that's the, that's the instruction manual, I think. And that's, it doesn't look that different to what people are saying. It's just like how you actually coaching and what, how you actually understand what should be happening. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's basically what I thought I was doing. Yeah. I think, and, and isn't that always the way when you, I compare it to, to you know, teaching jujitsu or whatever, and the things that I'm doing now you know, 15 years into training are the things that I thought I was doing when I began. And then I had a cycle of, oh, actually, I'm not afraid. Oh, and now I'm doing it. But I, every time I look back, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in a better place. So yeah. Yeah. How long have you been doing the membership site now with the coaching? It's coming oh, June. I'm bad, as, I'm bad with dates. Uh, very June. bad with dates. Probably, yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. It's so about a year. year. About yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, do you, want to, do you want to tell a bit of your story coming up to that? So not coming up to that, but like how we met and stuff like that and where you are. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I, I met you, I was about to say David, but I'm talking to you. I met, I met you, um, I guess maybe two and a half years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, I was, I remember I was a Zoom call and I would have been lying on my stomach. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. But I would have been lying on my stomach on my forearms in what would you call that for if that's not easy to like a, a snake or a cobra pose or something it's like that, that prone position it's like a mckenzie position mm. that on your elbows yeah, yeah i used to call it like a sleepover position you know like you see like in a teenage like <laughs> on nickelodeon back in the day that it's a sleepover party or something on your belly like with your feet up in the air basically just in the most extended position that i could offer uh, and this was apart from standing up, the only way that I could be without, and I was still in pain in this position, but the only way that I could be without being in a lot of pain, this was after, I guess, a nine or 10 month uh, struggle with this sciatica that I had in my right leg. It was caused, I diagnosed that I had a, a bulging disc that was pressing pretty hard on the sciatic nerve. I'd never had anything like that before, other than a couple of weeks of a stiff back here and there. Um, before I met you, I had tried the McKenzie stuff. I had worked with, uh, basically felt like I exhausted the directory of therapists and coaches and trainers uh, in Leinster. I went a little bit further away from that when I could. I couldn't drive, actually. I, co I couldn't sit in a car. Um, I couldn't sit in a chair, even apart from to go for a number two. I literally didn't sit down for seven or eight months. So I was in a dark, dark, dark space. Um, and I met you and I remember in that call, I was like seven days away from getting the surgery and I was like, geez, I hope he's not going to be like, I don't get it or something yeah, like yeah. that. I, I remember I had one of no the first things you said was I'm getting surgery. Like I'm not, I'm not, or something like I'm not, I don't want you to convince me not to get a surgery or something like that. Did I say that? Did so, I, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had kind of like. I kind of like pushed all my chips in at that stage. The only surgery that I had had prior to this 
was literally in ground toenail surgery from my football boots were too small. And that was like when I was 15 or 16 or something. Um, and I'm 33 now. So this is a long time ago. And in jujitsu or a martial art or any sport where movement, well, I suppose this is every sport, but where being mobile is something that's championed and particularly with your back, a back surgery is kind of a death sentence. Uh, if you read in forums and jujitsu groups, and even if you just talk to people in the gym or on Facebook that have, that have had a similar thing, it's kind of like, oh, well, I can't really train anymore or I can train, but only with light people and I had to stop competing and I can't do these positions and stuff. So I had kind of pushed all my chips in at that stage. I, I was really ready for the surgery. I felt like I needed it. I, I had a, what do you call the injection? Like an epidural steroid injection. Um, it didn't do anything for me. In fact, I felt like it almost made it worse. And you know, what's crazy. I was reading, I was in like a Facebook group, which I'm still in. I don't post in it or anything, but I'm still in a Facebook group for people that had the, the surgery was a micro disectomy. So I think it's, it's, I'm knocked out and stuff. And it's for me, it was a big deal, but as far as back surgeries go, I think it's minimal enough. Um, but I, yeah, I'm like, I was, I'm even getting a little bit, not upset, but I'm getting a little bit kind of stressed even thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I was ready. To, I was ready to do it. And I was really worried that you were going to be, cause I had had these people uh, along the journey that had said, don't do this, do do this. That's definitely not this. That definitely is this. I'm someone, I was strong, David. I was, I was, I was carrying a lot of muscle. I was fit. I was lean. I was able to train and compete a lot. I, I had a lot of output. I was sparring hard every single day for, you know, at least an hour and a half on top of training, on top of weight training, on top of teaching. I was doing this for 10 years, overtraining, of course, but I'm fit. My output was good. My sleep was good. All of this stuff. At the time of the injury, uh, I had actually moved into the house that I'm with now, which is with a few close friends that I've had for a long time. And it was kind of our, we're in our 30s now, and it's kind of our, final hurrah, I guess, before we all officially move in or we all turn into real grown ups. So it was, it was what I felt was like a good time in my life. And then I meet this person and it's like, oh, you just need to do this glute exercise or something to make your pain go away. And I was like, I can squat a lot of weight. I can deadlift a lot of weight. I'm, I can pick you up and it's coach that's telling me I'll throw you over the room. Do you know, and it's like saying that something isn't strong enough or something. And I was just I was so confused. And anyway, yeah, I was just like this David Gray guy. I did, I was recommended you by Brian from Movement 101, um, who was a, one of the, again, directory of people. And he was, in fairness to him, um, the only person that said, I don't know, go to this guy. He's going to help you. Everyone else said that they knew. Everyone else was like, it's this, it's this, this is going to fix you. Yeah. And, I hate that. I hate that. It does my head in. I never like put a diagnosis or a label on anyone. Actually, no, that's not right. If someone is like, what is this issue? And it's clearly an Achilles tendinopathy, then I might say, I think it's an Achilles tendinopathy. Like, so, you know, something like that. Um, but anything else where it's just like just pain that's a little bit, you're unsure. Like, I, I just, I hate that. I hate saying like, it's this, it's this thing. That's especially with backs. Like it's such a... There is, yeah. there, there is structural things going on sometimes with people. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, so, and even then we can't say like, this is the thing that's causing the pain. So, and this is the thing that's going to fix it. So that, that wrecks my head. I was really worried. Um, even just in the lead up to the surgery, uh, I was, I didn't know what the recovery was going to be like. I didn't know. It was actually in the middle of COVID as well. Um, the hospitals in Ireland at the time were, you know, you couldn't really get a surgery unless it was a life-saving surgery. I couldn't even go to a, a physio. Not that I even had a physio that I wanted to go to. I, I just felt lost. And I felt like the doctors and the surgeons and the ones that I saw, I felt like they were the perfect people to see for the job. I trusted them 100%, but they just didn't really understand where I was coming from or me or what I was trying to get back to or what the sport that I did as oh, I do jujitsu. And they're like, Oh, my niece does, you know, Taekwondo and stuff. And they just, in their head, they think when you say jujitsu, they're thinking like karate kid or something like that. And it's like, Oh, come on. It's a little bit, this is like a, a serious thing for me. And I, and I just felt like nobody really took it seriously. Uh, I think all of the therapists that I saw were in coming from a really good place. I think they genuinely did want to help me, but and I'm not saying they're wrong across the board, but with me, unfortunately, for the most part of them, they weren't able to help me anyway. So I'm not going to say that they were wrong, but the frustrating thing is just if I wasn't able to help somebody, you know, I would figure that out pretty soon, you know, but it's a shame when the, the person, the, the customer, if you want to call them that, it's a shame when they're the person that has to realize, fuck, like this isn't really, uh, this yeah. isn't really helping me. Like, yeah, that's a tricky one. It is like, because there is an ego thing involved, even if people have their best intentions, like as soon as you try and, as soon as you kind of send someone away and say, I can't help you. Like one, one, you don't want to like get them to lose hope. So like I get that quite a bit where it's like people are, you know, just cause of some of the Instagram stuff. And I try my best to not have it in that way. I can make way more money, way, way, way more money. If it's like, I'm going to fix you. And I just say that and that's it. Whereas I, I try not to be like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, especially if someone's coming to you and then you're like, okay, I can, I, I'm not sure if I can help you. That can break someone down. So you have to be careful where you break that to them in yes, one way. And, and then in a second way, there's obviously the financial side of it, which is like mm. therapists, the more times people come back, like people will just sell people 20 packages, 20 sessions, 50 sessions, a session every twice a week for a year. And like, why would you ever want to lose that customer then? So lifetime value of a customer, like in, in, the, in the therapy world, the, the more pain they have, the better. And then, yeah, the, the other one is just the ego side of it. Like people just don't want to, admit that i just i just have a blanket three session rule where i think okay if you're not making any progress here i've tried some things i've, I've given my best shot and then i'm, I'm going to refer to someone else sometimes it's a one session thing where it's just like actually i just really think you need to go and see this person but that's roughly i have pretty much have that rule in place to try and take my ego out of it it's like just just the things i thought i was going to be able to help you with you haven't responded to and I never, I never think, tell them they're like, oh, you're broken because I can't fix this. It's just like, no, this person, this doctor, this surgeon, I think you should chat to. Then we can re re rediscuss our specialist or whoever it is. That's uh, that's a blanket rule I have on that. Yeah. yeah, the ego thing is definitely there. And 
not that I'm Conor McGregor or anything like that. I certainly don't hold myself on any pedestal or anything. Not that I even, like I've had a very average career in that regard. So it's nothing like that. But I, something that I've absolutely noticed over the years is because I'm involved in a martial arts or a fighting sport or whatever, lots of people, especially men, think that that's cool. And knowing about fighting is cool, do you know? And it's a very macho thing. And it's really, really pisses me off, to be honest. And I find it so cringe. And it really turns me off on someone. Like, I don't talk about jujitsu or fighting or anything. Like, I don't talk about that at all, except for when I'm with someone. But there's definitely the thing of, like, they wanted to they wanted to be the person that fixed me. Do you know what I mean? Again, not so because I'm a celebrity, but because of the sport that I did and just the way that they would talk to me about stuff is I just, and they, I, by the way, I might have one of those guys. Some of these are my friends. I'm likely not talking about you if you're that person that's listening, but you know, um, so there was definitely that. And I, I, a little bit of me resents that, to be honest, it's like, come on, just let me go. These people told me that my back, the problem wasn't with my back exclu- explicitly said, it's not your back. I never saw a GP or a doctor or anything like that. And I eventually went to a GP about this on a friend of mine's recommendation and seeing me without even putting his hands on me, seeing me walk into his room, bear in mind that this is after eight or nine months of physios that had hours with my body and therapists. I hate to say just physios, but in my mind, physio means someone that's rubbing you. So mm-hmm. apolog- I'm not having a go at physios in general. So <laughs> yeah, therapists, that's, just, yeah, therapist, yeah. that's just my vocabulary. Yes. Yeah, so these, co- and they, some of them weren't even therapists. Some might even have been a coach. But anyway, the point is these people had hours and weeks with my body, with time to think about it, with questions and answers and photos and videos. This guy saw me walk and tried to sit down and goes, your back's fucked. <laughs> he, he says, your back's fucked. He was like, have you had a, he was like, bend over there. And I was like, I can't. And he was like, I know you can't. He was like, have you had a scan? And I was like, oh no. He was like, get booked for an MRI now. And I, went I hope for an he didn't MRI. say your back's fucked, did he? He pretty much did. And the person that, the person that recommended me to him told me that as well. She was an yeah. uh, ex-partner of one of my very close friends. And she's a recently qualified doctor. And she did like her, I guess you'd call it your internship in this guy's practice. And he said, he's old school but he, he's the best doctor that I've ever worked with, you know, and he, old school in terms of his poor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he probably rough. did say, he probably did say your yeah. back is fucked. Yeah. But I, to me, I'm not that type, I guess I know the nocebo, the placebo, of course, but I'm very matter of fact, like you're not, that stuff wouldn't be tricking me. Do you know I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. either, I'm either fucked. Yeah, but no, no, fucked. but it, 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 no, look, he was he was he was not wrong like he he, he did the right thing and stuff but like it do, it's not about whether it's tricking you or not but you, you it's you probably actually walked out of there maybe with a bit of relief actually to think okay absolutely now i'm absolutely. going somewhere else but like there is a certain way to get these messages across yeah. as well like, you know <laughs> excuse me yeah yeah maybe he just thought that that's the way that i would describe it as well maybe, so he's, maybe yeah but he wasn't wrong yeah no he wasn't wrong anyway so that put me on the path and anyway met you um and why, here why, I am. why did you um why did you book in with me then if you thought if you knew you were going to get surgery? I can't remember, David. I I think I might have looked at your Instagram. I'm I'm I would like to think that I am a very good and I'm talking about jujitsu for a sec here, but I would like to think that I'm a very good coach. I would like to think that I'm one of the best coaches in the country. I would like to think that I will become the best coach in the country. And that's not speaking about anybody else. That's just speaking about that. I genuinely think I'm quite good at teaching 
what it is that we do. Uh, there's people that can kick the crap out of me. That's fine. I'm not saying I'm the best at doing it, but I think I'm really good at teaching it. And I've met a lot of coaches and watched a lot of coaches that I respect. And so I'm licking your butt here for a sec, but I, I think that that's what it was. I think I saw you maybe describing something. I, I genuinely can't remember. It feels like mm-hmm. another, almost another life ago, but I must have, I must have just liked what I saw on the team and, and in comparison to maybe some of the other coaches that I had worked with or some of the other information that I had, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think I would have been in a space where the, maybe some of the people that pointed me in your direction, I would have been in a space where I thought that that was the pinnacle. Those guys were the pinnacle of, so when they said, Hey, you should talk to this guy. I was like, geez, well, he must be, he must be good. And I, I can't remember the guys actually recommended me two people. They said David Gray or somebody else. I genuinely can't remember who the other guy was, um, but yeah. I guess I picked you. And I remember I had to bug you for extra sessions. You didn't really want to do as many sessions with me as I was trying to do. But I was, I was like, David, I haven't, I've been, it's locked down here. I'm, I have been removed from like the drip feeder that is positive information for so long and i was like just talk to me for an hour every week please <laughs> and you eventually mm-hmm. gave in no you know you know what i like is that this is a this is a big lesson for for people i think right the great thing i think about the work that i do i don't i don't want this to sound arrogant right but i i, I mean this from a mindset before people are, are going to start rolling their eyes i don't think i can lose with clients because you know, say you just put all your focus on pain, right? You do 10 sessions with someone and their pain isn't better. So you, you manual therapy or stretching or whatever you've tried to do, the pain isn't better. You, you've just lost, basically. The client is just saying, my pain isn't better. You're out, you're, you're out right? You didn't help me. Simple as that. The way I approach it is like, okay, here's the pain. We're going to try and deal with that. We'll try our best. But at the end of everything that we do, you're going to have more range of motion in your hips if, if that's something you need. You're, you're going to have more range of motion in your back. You're going to sleep a bit better. You're going to be breathing a little bit better. You're going to feel more positive about your body and your mindset and all of that stuff. We might have you, you might be exercising a little bit more. You might have lost a little bit of weight if you needed it or put on a little bit of weight if you needed it. And you're going to be so much stronger and you're going to learn so much about your body and if if when i when i talk to someone about that type of thing it's like okay say in 10 say in 10 sessions right your pain is the exact same as as it is today but i can but we can do all or some or some or all of those things and and make you feel like just get you back feeling something in your body getting stronger and stuff like that would you take it yes absolutely most people would say absolutely yes i would take it it's getting me back on the right track the great thing about kind of pain is usually when you just put all them pieces into a puzzle together and start to work on all them little pieces pain just kind of comes along for the ride and it gets a bit better as we go along so we don't put all our pain in 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 the all our eggs in the pain basket and that's what i mean where i don't think i can lose with people is that it's not that I can help everyone get out of pain. It's that I think I can help everyone move better, feel better, get a bit stronger and all that stuff. And when you, when you, when you, if you, if you can actually put that to people, most people will take your hand and all your arm and all. If you, if you can give that, if you can give them that opportunity, whereas when you're just focused on pain, I'm going to rob you every single week and hopefully your pain gets better. Like at the end of the 10 weeks, you've done nothing except for get 10 rubs and your pain isn't better. So yeah. 
that's like that's that mentality that I really appreciate where I just like you, you can't I honestly feel like you can't lose when you approach it that way. Yeah, well, t- thankfully, thankfully, I didn't really lose. So I'm delighted. And people couldn't believe that I had done so much without a rope, you know, like or without uh, I, I did all of the rehab on Zoom myself and my bedroom floor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was information that I needed. It was information that I was craving as well. Like I, I wanted to understand a little bit more and I'm not making the claim. And I know you weren't making the claim of Chris, this is exactly how you ended up in this problem. But we were able to, we were able to look at some things and in my body, Hey, perhaps this tells us or gives us a few clues. And it was really refreshing for me to, to again, hear someone so matter of fact, talk about things. Oh, well, have you considered this? I remember the first thing that you asked me is how are you, how are you breathing? And I was like, Oh, I said this before, but I was like, Oh Jesus, what is this? What have I got myself into here? You know? Um, I was like, what do you mean? How am I breathing in, in, and then out? And then in, but it was just, just, just to be asked the question of what about this? Have you tried this? Give us a look at that. And something that I liked about you as well is how frequently you would have said to me, ah, don't worry about that. Cause I have a lot of questions. I, I, I question everything that I do. I don't overanalyze the answers. I'm not anal about it, but I, but I think about things and I'm kind of cynical and critical of things. Mm-hmm. And I would have asked you a lot of questions that you said, and I'm someone who looks, I need like a, well, I don't need, but I appreciate like a guide. You know, I see myself as a very good student, uh, and I think that because I'm a good student, I can be a good teacher, hopefully in, mm-hmm. in the areas that I, that I practice. But, but yeah, I was, it was information that I needed and it was information that I got. And it was with those tools that I was able to change my body and, and change myself as a coach, to be honest. I, mm-hmm. People have asked me if I could trade, like if you could go back and not have hurt your back. And I says, well, in some ways, yes, obviously. But I think if I hadn't hurt my back, I think I still would have been stiff and immobile and just feeling kind of crappy, to be honest. I I always felt great when I trained, when everything was warm and when I was beating people up, I felt fantastic. But pretty much every night I felt shite. I used to have to like lie down on the floor, put my legs up on something and these kind of like realigning, what I believed was realigning. I'm doing air commas here. positions and stuff. And I, I would have just done a lot of stuff like that and lots and lots of maintenance. And what's crazy now is after a back surgery, I'm training as hard as I've ever trained. I'm older, obviously, than I've ever been. And I'm doing less maintenance, less warming up, less less anything than ever before. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. Like I was really worried. I remember you said to me that whether you have the surgery or not, will hopefully be able to steer you in the right direction. And I remember you gave me, and I don't know if this was just a carefully worded bit of encouragement or, or if this is what you genuinely believe to be true. But I remember you said, um, I think that you'll get better either way, but the surgery will help you get better a little bit quicker. And maybe that's what I needed to hear that day or whatever. Um, but I was like, okay, nice, fair enough. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. But I genuinely am still in shock as to, the things that I have recovered um, mm-hmm. and and how good I still, some days I still feel the same as anyone, especially with the amount of work that I'm doing. I feel stiff. I feel tired, of course, but 
that's the game has changed for me, you know, and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So, yeah, I don't know what questions you were asking me where I was saying, like, don't worry about that. But I use that phrase a lot where it's like, and pe- people are always bringing up like, what about this thing? What about that thing in my body? I'm like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. We're going to focus on this. And like, I could be in my head. I'm like, I definitely noticed that thing. <laughs> Yeah, and we're definitely yeah, going to yeah. change that thing at some stage, but there's no point in me bringing it up now. Like, okay, we're going to list out all the things that we want to change. No, yeah. just here's a couple of big elephants. And like, you know, there's there, again, like the, the social media stuff, a lot of people, so, some people like bash the breathing and all of that. You have to understand where some people are coming, are starting from, right? So there's a lot of coaches like, why would you ever do breathing work? Blah, 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 blah. Like you were in a position there where literally the only work that we could do to get some movement into your into your spine or into your like your midsection there some expansion some compression was breathing you couldn't Mm. rotate you couldn't bend you couldn't even stand up you couldn't even lie on your back Mm -hmm. so like what the fuck else are we going to do nothing (laughs) or like actually say okay we can take some nice long inhales and exhales and get your ribs to start to move that's it that's all we could have done and apart from that was just education yeah that day, you know and you so should like, have, you have, some to have stuff. tools you have to have tools in the toolbox for different people at different stages yeah yeah well i was i was very grateful that you made that assessment you know because uh, it, it was it was so cool to feel a win it was so cool to feel that i was getting better at something at a time where i absolutely needed to feel these wins it was just L's, L's across the board for me at that time. And I remember, hey, as well, you were one of the first, well, the only person to, to ask me, like, what else is going on in your life? And I was like, ah, nothing. Life is good. I have my own jujitsu gym. I work with my family. My brother trains with me. I uh, recently moved in with some friends, nice area, nice house. And you were like, hmm, okay, okay. You're like, but what else is going on? I was like, oh, well, my dad died not so long ago and long-term relationship that I had just broke up out of nowhere. And to be honest, the bills for the gym sometimes get a little bit. So, and you were just like, um, <laughs> well, that maybe that's something to think about, you know? So again, just being able to, I'm a, I'm a happy person, like, but I'm a grumpy person as well. I'm happy being grumpy sometimes, but uh, it was nice to, it was just nice to feel wins and it was nice to touch my torso with my fingers this is something that i know is true for everybody as well and the people that bash the breathing stuff i just know that they haven't felt it the same way that i felt it because they just they simply haven't felt it because i'm again i'm training in the gym hard and lifting heavy weights when i was a young as well for a long 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 time i know what it is to feel an exercise absolutely know what it is to feel an exercise and if I felt what I feel with some of those exhales in a plank, in a L sit, in a knee, re- in any of those, what you would call core exercises, first of all, I never felt that in those. Mm-hmm. And if I did, I would say that's the best core exercise I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So for me to be lying in bed, literally told that I'm not allowed bend, lift, or twist for like three months or something, whatever it was. And to be able to light up, I wasn't obviously doing it that hard, but to my fingers, I was like, shit, like I feel like a bodybuilder down there now. Everything mm-hmm. has tightened up. I know that that's a win. And I and I love when someone gets that for the first time when they touch themselves. And I encourage people to like stab yourself with your fingertips there. And it's like, mm-hmm. don't touch yourself. Depend, depend, 
you, have, you can't you can't be telling people to touch themselves. Well, in the belly, you can touch yourself <laughs> in the belly all day. Uh, hey, look, all of those things go out the window when you're a jiu-jitsu coach, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Look, no, you're you're right about the, the that stuff there. And like, there is people who are obsessed with the breathing stuff. That's all they do. Every client gets 10 breathing exercises. Every single exercise is like, this is the exact portion you inhale, this exact portion you exhale. I'm not like that at all. It's just, it's just here's some boxes that we want to tick off. Maybe for some people. And like you saw in the workshop we did, like the amount of plyometrics and stuff that we did, like all that stuff. It's just having the tools and, and deciding who then who then you use it with. But like again, like like that, that, that on, on one of those Instagram posts, there was a guy, uh, oh, the ribs don't actually move like you say they do. And then I put up the, the video of Annalise breathing. And it's 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 like he he is a yoga teacher. He's a yoga teacher. And it's like, of course you think they don't move the way you say you do because you do belly breathing with everyone. Yeah. yeah you know? Yours and don't. Yours, yours don't. don't. And your clients don't. But look at this video of someone, of Annalise. And don't say she's an outlier because she just spent the last 18 months working on this. And now the amount of expansion there. And then she just wrote into the Facebook group that like she needs to buy new shorts because her glutes are after growing so, so much. <laughs> I had that summer. problem too. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought that I had big legs and genuinely had to start throwing out pants because when I stopped using my back for everything, I started turning into a bit of a Kim K. Yeah, exactly. So like that's, that's you, you trunk discipline. When you stop using your back for everything, you're going to use your hips. Your booty is going to grow like hell. That's yeah. it. That's it. And that is just evidence of that again and again and again with people. Uh, Ingville is the same. One of the other members, like just doing online sessions with her. You did one as well, but I did one the other day with her. Like, and she had a very flat back, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, just all her nice spinal curves have restored and like hips are moving really well. Glutes are growing, getting really, really strong, running better, feeling better. All, a lot of her neck tension has gone away because you just, some first session I did with her, like, her, her her spine was flat from basically from her butt all the way up through her neck and everything was just completely flat and all them curves have, have restored and i haven't mentioned posture to her once not once have i said try to put yourself in this posture no it's just moving certain things getting expansion in certain ways that's the that's the difference as well between like you know this po- this posture is something our spinal curves like if if we weren't supposed to have curves in our spine then then evolution would have got rid of them so like they are beneficial to us and it's not that we need to be holding ourselves in one posture there's literally probably nothing worse that you could do to someone than try and get them to get into a certain posture it's just about how you actually retrain their body so it reclaims those curves and then starts to use the hips and stuff in that way so that's um that's been a big part of your journey. But now, like, like you're saying, people are like your back now doing harder things. We had you running fairly soon after the surgery. Like we got you back running, back shifting side to side, back doing your squats and stuff like that. That's all part of the rehab. I think people sometimes think if you do breathing work with anyone, then that's all you do with everyone. And it's just, a, it's just a, such a silly assumption. Well, maybe it's not something a lot of people just do that, but. Well, I nearly for, for five minutes, I nearly thought that it was to be all and end all for, because again, because it was so, I make the mistake often of thinking that everybody has the same experience as me, you know? So um, if there was a few minutes early into this journey where I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is it. This is the reason why my, this is, this, this is all. So I was like, 
And and for me, it was absolutely a massive missing link in my training. Not necessarily just breathing work, but reclaiming a bit of tension in my in my core, in my torso, was massively, massively, massively influential for me and had a huge impact. So I could have easily been tricked, and I nearly was tricked into thinking, okay, well, this is this is it, and you need to do this. I think one reason that I do it so much though is because of how accessible it is it's just very easy to do you don't need equipment you can you don't need to warm up yeah. uh, in fact it's a great warm-up in itself but yeah. but yeah yeah but it was look certainly at, a look lot at, harder like, than that. yeah no look it was a big part for you because look at your look at look at your body like people people become afraid of flexion when they do have a disc issue like that and for a good reason right for good reason like you can get you can hurt yourself more like this the sciatic stuff is is not very nice but you have to ask why like if someone if someone tears their ACL, right, like that area, there was too much load on that on that area and something something blew out, something went, right? So that is applicable for any part of the body. And so you have to ask yourself then, why was there some so much load on that one part of the spine? And when you start to look at the rest of your spine, like show me how you round your spine, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah and yeah. you definitely don't flex your hips. <laughs> not at all right because your your hips were just pushed so far forward so like okay take away from someone's body take away a ton of hip flexion and take away almost any or all thoracic flexion now now flex where are you going to flex from you're definitely going to flex from your lumbar spine and like at some stage it doesn't matter how strong you get at some stage if if you take a load out that like ideally would be shared through a lot of the spine and the hips and just place it on one area at some stage something's probably going to go wrong mm. yeah it's true it. for any that's true for any any structure like i don't care how much progressive overload you use like i understand i understand progressive overload but if you try and if you if you do it if you all if you deadlift and you you, you put take a one rm deadlift for uh, the, heavy, the the strongest person in the world, and then you say to them, "Okay, now we're going to place all that load from your deadlift on your elbow. Your fucking elbow is going to go like it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. going to be able to handle it." So, like structures are built to our body is built to share load across the system, and yeah, that's why like okay, one part of your rehab is we want to strengthen your back. We want to make sure that it's used to going there again and getting very strong. And a big part is. Can you share, can you learn to share this load out across your whole body and give you back access to movement and load that you, that you weren't able to, or, or loading tissues that you weren't able to maybe load before? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's, I, I, I think something that I mistook as well, and that I, even the doctor would have told me after the surgery is like, make sure you do some exercises to strengthen your back now. And I think what's interesting, isn't it, is that everyone knows, for example, a deadlift um, is good. It's good for strengthening your back, but how you do the deadlift is going to meet, is going to depend on how you strengthen your back, I guess. And for me, my L5 S1 kind of was my hips. Like I was bending from that part of my body always, and whether that was bending and back or bending from, forwards, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back or forwards. That was my, that was my, Inch. I picture it sometimes as a, as a, like an action man figure and the action man figure is plastic, but it has mobile parts of the body. And my guy didn't have a mobile hips where he should, he had somewhere beneath his belly button was the, the hinge. And um, so I go to do a deadlift and 
the, the trainer, the, the muscles that are colored in red on the machine, you are going to use your, these muscles for that exercise. That's like, yeah, if I do it well, but I don't, I'm not doing it well and I can lift it up, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it the way that everyone, me and the person that's showing me, both of us think that something else is happening underneath my shorts when I'm doing this deadlift, but it's not really, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that I'm glad that I just back to that instruction manual. I'm glad that it's like, okay, you do a deadlift. The deadlift is fine. But when you do it, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it to enter a competition? Well then go for it. Mm -hmm. Or are you doing it to train your hips? And I never trained my hips in a deadlift and I was deadlifting for 15 years, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, look, that's not, you know, you see all these competitive people with all funny things going on in their body. Like, like, of just funny things like different things all there's all these ways and like you may that that strategy may have been absolutely perfect for you for your entire life nothing ever would have like gone wrong if and if could have been any if if something didn't happen with your relationship and then like Mm. okay now i just i think i'm fine but actually my system is just that little bit more system uh um, it, it sensitized than it was before or if I just didn't fucking eat that one one piece of bread earlier like you just don't know how your system is responding to things to make it to make it more just sensitized like we we have no idea that might sound funny to people like okay you just had a slice of bread and that's why my black back blew out we have no fucking idea we don't know that's why you can't like say this is like your QL is the reason you have back pain we have no idea what's going on under the hood there. All these systems, John Kiley actually said it, like your brain is just twiddling an infinite number of knobs, turning things up and down a, a small little bit, playing with your neurochemistry, your neuroanatomy, all this stuff. Like, and any, any infinite number of tweaks could have, could have been not the cause of something, but like almost like the straw that broke the camel's back on that way or Chris's back. Um, yeah. So yeah, like there's just so many things and like more often than not, it's just a load thing. Like, okay, I just wasn't sleeping as well as I could. It's just, it's just a perfect storm of maybe I wasn't sleeping as well as I could. Maybe I just kept loading these, these tissues in the same way. There was no variability left. Like my, my road where I could, my path that I walked down just got really narrow uh, yeah. I was overtraining. Maybe I wasn't sleeping as well as I could. I wasn't eating as well as I could. And just a compound of all of these things. We can't lay the, the like pain or injury on a biomechanical thing. It's just that it's just it's just one part of it. That's all. And it's just why it's just one of the reasons why I get frustrated when the biomechanics people blame the biomechanics thing, the pain science, not the pain science, but the the like. If you talk to a if you talk to a psychiatrist, they'll they'll blame the Oh, your mindset wasn't in, in a great place that way that day. If you talk to n- nutrition people, it's because you didn't have enough protein the night before. Whereas actually, like all of these pieces of the puzzle are, are relevant, you know. Yeah, that's another reason why I, I breath of fresh air. I think when I when I met you first, or maybe when I looked at your your media or whatever it would have been, I was like, oh shit, it's kind of inclusive here instead of that's another frustration that I had was usually all of the the, the gym work that I was prescribed or the stuff that I found myself involved in, it, it came, it trickled down from uh, either a bodybuilding kind of uh, ethos or trickled down from a lifting heavier ethos. Of, of course, now there's more of a performance, uh, you know, ethos in some gyms and stuff, but not the ones that I went to. So everything was just about 
kind of getting bigger and stronger in that regard, you know, bigger and mm-hmm. stronger. And, but yeah, I was nice. It was nice to see you and you weren't saying anything was bad. You weren't saying leave anything out. You were just saying, don't just do that thing. And even with my body, it's not, Hey, it's not bad that your back does that, but maybe it's bad that your back just does that. Exactly. Is, That's the point. Is the yeah. problem. So That's the point. Yeah. Uh, that was, it was just cool for me. It was simple, simply put, um, even if I did kind of zone in on it a little bit too much and this is exactly whatever, it was helpful for me. And, um, it, it gave me the confidence and the boost that I needed to be like, right, fuck, I'm going to, I'm going to get back here. And to be honest, son, I feel like I, I feel fantastic. Like I feel really, really good. I feel better. It's again, some days not so good, but yeah. 90% of the time I feel fantastic. I can train hard. I'm yeah. training harder than the young people in the gym and more regularly. And, yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. No, I have the same experience as you with regards to like, you know, the way you say, if I, if like my back, would you have gone back and not hurt your back if you could have? And the answer is probably no. Like I probably learned and got, got I learned a lot from it. Same, same with me. Like I do have regrets around it, but like hurting my knees and my hips and just everything just end up like the concussions, the neck, the jaw stuff. And I'm still very much trying to work through a lot of that stuff because the, actually that stuff messed me up. And then the things I tried to do to fix it, like talk about someone extended. I can show you pictures of me like a few years ago. Holy Jesus Christ. I did like, I went from someone was quite kind of kyphotic to like literally the exact opposite. I was walking into gyms and people were complimenting me like, well, you're, you, you look so, your shoulders are so much more open. I was like, yep, they are. And, and then after that, I was like, I've just jammed myself into a position, literally jammed myself, no movement anywhere. Um, so yeah, I just went down a, a path and I'm still trying to like unravel a lot of that. The concussion stuff will always probably have double vision in one eye and stuff. And if you go down the neurology side of it, that is something that's going to, is obviously going, how you actually view the world is going to be something that wreaks havoc. But I still, I still wouldn't have changed a whole lot. And I still like every few weeks, I make pr- more progress and more progress and more progress. And I still, I still just view the other stuff that I still have left to clean up as like, okay, what have I not learned yet? Like what lesson has my body? It still wants me to learn a few more lessons here. And every time I learn a lesson, like my results from my clients get better as well. And it's not just because, okay, my situation applies to everyone. It's just like, actually, I just learned something very much just, you know, like some of the stuff that, you know, just looking at your hip last day and the different things like that when you were down or whoever it is, like the pronation stuff, like there's a certain way that certain people teach that stuff. And then I teach it completely different to everyone else because I spent 10 hours a day for one solid week trying to pronate my foot because I had a big game coming up that weekend and my Achilles was messed up. And I learned more in that week than than anything else. And then, yeah, it's just, so I just look at it that in a good way, hopefully where it's, where it's that's the only way I can look at it because otherwise I just get end up getting really frustrated. But it's just like what what have I not learned yet? What is what what lessons do I have left to learn? And I think that's that helps you deal with that kind of regret or not feeling where you want to be at the time. Yeah. I can speak to that as well a little bit because I I 
people ask me often, it's, it, it, it may be relevant to this or maybe relevant to the martial arts or whatever. Do you think that you need to be able to do something in order to teach it? And the answer is probably no. I think you can be a good coach. But for me, for, I need to be able to do something like Chris needs to be able to do something to be able to teach it well, personally. And I think that's how you can draw on different vocabulary for something. That's how you can draw. That's why I, in the live classes, uh, that I teach, I, I really enjoy when there's uh, another uh, coach or a therapist or a trainer or something taking part in the class, and especially when they're consistent with it, because it's not just about knowing, for me anyway, and again, I think I'm a pretty seasoned coach, so I've tried many different things and I've seen many people try their own things, and it's not just about knowing the thing, it's about describing it and putting colour to the description and tailoring the description to the group or the type of person uh, uh, and having a thesaurus at hand to be, okay, well, that way didn't really land with them. So I'm going to try to say it this way, or I'm going to go back to a different way. And I can personally, I can only do that because I have tried it myself. And I think in martial arts, for sure, there's so much information available online. A really esteemed coach showing a technique, for example, and something that I kind of cringe at then is local gyms or on a smaller scale making it their business to just essentially a carbon copy of hey well he said this so i'm going to say this and their students will never be as good as his students because just that 30 second clip or the the, the 45 minute dvd that they watch or whatever it is mm-hmm. is not the same as you know yeah that's a tricky one though like because at least they're trying to learn from a good person and at least they're trying to kind of copy and mimic a good person yeah, uh, yes, you know, of course, of course, it's better than it's better than the other way around. But I just mean, I look. This I know, is what I know I what you too. mean. Like they haven't want to be... spent the time to to really like internalize it. And I know, I know what you mean. It's the same with the with the breathing stuff. Like where people, you know, people come onto the the site, and some I'm sure there's lots of people who's like, okay, I've seen people talk about that before. I I know that, and I'm like, okay, look 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 at you there versus look at. Annalise, let's say, doing some of the, the breaths and look at the way her ribs move. No, n- knowing something intellectually and actually are thinking you know it, you don't actually know it until you can start to look something like this because the amount of knowledge that comes along with getting, like even, even just from the receptors within your body, actually feeling the movement in that way, like that that knowledge gives you some, that's a different type of knowledge, you know? And, um, and yeah, so like if, if, if you really understood this, you would actually look more like this. Your, your, your ribs would move more in that way. If you really understood, like, don't get me wrong. My body is a, is a, is an absolute mess. Right. But like, if, if you really understood the pronation stuff that we talk about, like, then you wouldn't show me the rep that you just showed me because it would it would look it would look different so there is there is an important doing is an important part of it you know Um, especially when it's a move especially when it's a doing it's a you're describing a physical task i think it's so important to be able to answer the question as well how is this supposed to feel like what's this supposed to feel like when you and you can't just be like oh i don't know uh good (laughs) good i hope yeah so yeah that's, no, big time. That's with the hinge, like the hinge that I took, I worked with you the last day when you were down. That, like, that is probably the most disgusting thing anyone could ever do. 
when you're yeah. down there and I'm poking you like that and uh, you feel that low, you didn't want to stay there. And you're someone who's worked a lot on that. You want to bail out of that rep as soon <laughs> as possible. Yeah. And like as a coach to understand that is like when I, that's why I have my disclaimers before I teach that. I have two disclaimers for someone. Disclaimer number one, this is going to be really hard for me to coach and like it's going to spend some time. So don't get frustrated at me if I'm like, okay, come back up. We're going to, we're going to tweak that a little bit. So that's my first disclaimer. That's really important. People don't expect to get it right first time. My second disclaimer is when we do get it right, you're going to hate me because it's one of the most disgusting things you could ever do. And yeah. like, you can't, you can't, you, you can't just call someone a pussy or a bitch because they're not staying down there for 10 seconds. It's like, no, actually they're every fiber in their body is screaming at them. Let me out of this position right now. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and there you go. What was that? You did maybe in total on that particular exercise, 15 minutes, if you added up all the time that, and then I taught the next three live classes. There was a large element of that in it. And the comments are, wow, that's, and these are people who, again, have been training for lifetimes, do you know? And just because I was able to feel it, you were able to get me to feel it. And because I can feel it and because I have a vocabulary to, to mm -hmm. express how those things felt, I can find it. I can find it again tomorrow. If I didn't feel it when I was down with you, I never know if, if I found it. I never know if my dick, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a client because I'm not working like that, but you might never know if your client has found it either. And yeah, it's just, you need to be able to answer more in depth as a practitioner. No, you don't need to be able to answer these questions maybe, but as a coach, especially someone who's making money from it, you need to be able to answer questions broader than the cues that you're given. You need to be there. I would never teach something in a jujitsu room that I would not be ready to answer 90% of questions on. And I'm also someone who is very comfortable saying that I don't know I don't as well, know, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm never nervous ever to teach a class and for someone to ask me a question because I know A, I'm going to be able to answer it or B, I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to fluff around, you know, because everybody yeah. can read that when you're, yeah. when you're just making it up. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's a that's a nice feeling to have. That that definitely is a nice feeling to have. Same like the workshop that I was teaching down here. Like that morning, I wrote down the curriculum for the workshop on that yeah, thing. Yeah, that's me too. And me too. because I've I've and literally someone could bring it in any direction they wanted to to a point that was still relevant, and I would be happy to go there with them if people wanted. Because you just have a confidence, and and if it went somewhere and someone asked a question, like I would just I would just say I don't know, or I would find that out for you, or here's a better source to go for that. Um, yeah. but yeah, that confidence, knowing like yeah, knowing that, and and what just one other thing there, I think people pay a bit too much heed to you know, like for instance, we're talking about that hinge there, and like the disgustingness in the glute and the posterior capsule. People could easily say, I actually say this to clients all the time. They're like, yeah, yeah. The client is like, I feel it. I feel it. I've, I've got it or whatever. And I'm like, no, like if, if you felt it, you wouldn't say it in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I think a lot, a lot of people think that it, okay. The individual difference is like, okay, actually some of this, actually here's, here's a better example. Say like, a hook line hamstring bridge or something like this. We spoke, we spoke about this ages ago as part of your rehab. Like, okay, I'm going to put you two feet on the, on the floor or a 90-90 position or something like that. And okay, I can't feel my hamstrings working here. 
And a lot of gym people think it's because they're too strong. And I can unequivocally say 100% of the time, it's not because they're too strong. It's because they can't get into the right position. They mm. can't get their bones into the right position and sense and their feet into the right position and sense the right things. And this is why I always say to people like that, who, who like, I can't really feel it. Oh yeah, I feel a little, like feel a little bit of my hamstring there or whatever. I always say, this is going to get a lot more. This is, this exercise is going to get a lot harder for you before it gets easier. Not the other way around. When yeah. you start to get better at this, you're going to feel it. And then it's going to feel disgustingly clean that like you will be under no illusion whatsoever that that is the belly of my hamstring right there. There'll be no question like, do you feel it? Yeah, I think I feel it. No, that is my hamstring. That is the belly of my hamstring. That is my medial hamstring. That is my medial proximal hamstring. So like, it's not a, it's not a strength thing. It's not that I'm too strong for this position. It's actually the exact opposite. I can't get into the position to feel it. And I think coaches play it, pay a bit too much heed to like, oh, this is just not right for that person. It might not be right for that person, but don't don't make the mistake of thinking it's not right for them because they because they can't feel it or something like that. It's just not right because they can't get into the position. But we're all more similar than different. We all have these muscles that attach to these bones and the bones. Yes, there's wide ISAs, narrow ISAs, which makes a big difference. And all our structures and individual stuff and all histories and stuff like that. But for the most part, the shape of our bones are more similar than different. That's my rant on that. Yeah, well, that was cool. That was cool for me to even just think about the skeleton from a, I, I never thought about that. I thought, I, I love the example of the, you're in the gym, you look at the machines and on each machine, there's the picture of the human body and it shows the muscles lit up in red. These are the muscles that you're going to work on this machine. These are the muscles that you're going to work on that machine. A, that assumes that you're actually doing it correctly. But B, and why I brought the point up was I would have viewed movement like that, you know, like I, I would have looked at a, an exercise as well, how does the shorts and the t-shirt move? Like how does the whole, as if I was animating it, I was drawing the outside of the body, only looking at the outside of the body, but yeah, to just think about, Oh, Hey, you're not actually going to use that muscle because that bone isn't pointing in that direction is, was cool for me. So, and something that I'm still uncovering uh, a little bit. Yeah, that's where anatomy gets interesting. Like it's getting, it's the variability thing now with, with the gym stuff is getting to the point where people are like, oh, just do, just do anything. And like they're, they're right from a macro scale. Like don't, don't get me wrong here. Like there is an obesity epidemic in the world. People need to move more and just train. I'm not, don't put barriers in their way. I'm not saying that. Like, please don't misunderstand. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all people need to get out and walk and do this run or do whatever they want whatever they enjoy but like just have just it's getting to the point where it's like okay you want to there's okay people are saying like there's there's not the best way to deadlift no of course they're not but if i want to load your glutes and hips more this is how maybe you should deadlift like you're going to put some load on this area it's getting to the point where it's like okay that's if, if someone wants to do a bicep curl and call it a deadlift, that's, oh yeah, they're, they're still doing a deadlift. No, they're not. They're, they're loading their bicep here, not their hips. So we can still be intentional and understand there is a biomechanical lens and physics has not gone away here. Just because, just because like pain science is such a big area and it's so important to understand physics is, gravity is still acting on our bodies as well. So just, it's just, 
it's not good or bad it's just what's the intention behind it um so yeah what um what are you learning at the moment what's the thing again it's for my body i guess but i, I what i'm i'm still trying to work i'm still trying to work as best i can on the hinge because of how limited i am there and how desirable a bit of internal rotation at the hips and even just a bit of flexion it being able to keep your knees close to your chest a a when you're standing in a kind of a wrestling position or b when you're lying on your back to protect yourself very desirable in jiu-jitsu uh, and something that i was lacked always on my journey uh, on my practice you know and i, I made them I was confused years ago thinking, ah, maybe I'm just not good at those moves. But what's interesting is how I found myself in my train and being able to access some of these positions a little bit easier. So yeah, I'm still extremely bullish on the hinge. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to do more cardio and stuff again. I have to keep my weight down for most of the competitions that I do. Um, uh, I like to try to do the assault bike and stuff like that. So I'm bullish on the assault bike at the moment. Uh, but yeah, the hinge. Um, and I'm started trying to do a little bit kettlebells and stuff again. Um, I kind of miss a little bit of the heavier. Uh, I used to like doing like kind of slightly longer cycles. With like the, that's what I think that's what I called them, like a clean or a set of 50 cleans on my left arm, 50 cleans on my right. Mm-hmm. But 10 years ago when I used to love it, I moved like shit. So it's kind of cool knowing that I'm actually moving from the hips a little bit more and knowing that I can shift left and right a little bit more, understanding that when I drop the kettlebell down that I can get those ribs to move in on that. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm just loving a simple, I'm loving simple training, but you know, focused. That's the uh, goal. Like you just access all these positions and then you just take a witch out for every other thing you do. Yeah. That's the goal. There's no, and it requires at some stage, it requires no thought. It's just, I just swing this kettlebell and, and this is the way it, it, my body moves. You know? Yeah, I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying watching those things happen rather than cueing those things happen, if that makes exactly. sense. I'm still, the communication that I have with the kettlebell is the exact same as it was. I'm trying to do the exact same thing as I was 10 years ago, but now it just moves a little bit better and mm-hmm. it's my hip that's going back instead of my L5 S1 mm-hmm. that's going back, you know. Did your, is your hip, is, did your right hip get any better? A little, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And I did it a lot on the right leg. And I remember when I came to you the, the few weeks ago, I felt myself getting a little bit nervous to like stand as much on my right leg. These are things that I was just noticing around the house. The right leg was where I had the sciatica uh, a couple of years ago. And I was like, gosh, David, I can feel that I don't really want to be on that right leg as much. And it was kind of scary for me yeah. knowing what that means. You know, I, I wouldn't have noticed that five years ago, that which leg I'm just standing on all day. But I could feel myself avoiding that. And I was like, fuck, that's not great. Um, and I went to town on the right leg, to be honest, with the hinge and stuff. And I would have made a mistake because I did some of the PRI stuff first and I had sore right side of the body. And the PRI stuff says, hey, you need to do all this stuff on the." And hey, that was very helpful for me, by the way, the PRI stuff. I learned a lot, so I'm not passionate. But I made a mistake of I do loads of stuff on the left now. Uh, and, you know, that wasn't very helpful either. But mm, Yeah, it's um, just... I, 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 I disagree with, I think so that their thought press process behind, like just get people over onto the left leg. I think people, a lot of people struggle with getting onto the right leg as well. It's just like, okay, I have a brain and I just need, it just, it gets onto the right leg differently how it gets onto the left leg. 
but that doesn't mean like I shouldn't train at getting onto the right leg, how well I can organize my mass on my right leg, how well I can hinge yeah. into my right hip, how well I can squat on the right side, all that stuff. Um, and maybe like they don't really, yeah, oh, there is a lot of emphasis put on pushing off the right. There's, there's two parts or there's a few parts. So one part is like, how well can you get on the left leg? The other part is, Another big part is like, how well can you push off the right leg onto the left leg? So there are two massive parts of focus that PRI have. How well do you get on the left? How well do you push off the right to get on the left? And I think they miss the part of like, how well do you get on the right leg? <laughs> Especially if you have injuries. And from just even just to give perspective on me doing those courses, I didn't have, I don't have formal, I didn't go to college to be a personal trainer. I did like an eight week course, you know, a long time ago. Uh, so lots of, I was kind of intimidated a little bit by doing a more s- serious in quotes with certainly with terminology when, where the terminology is concerned. Um, and I missed, I don't know if someone more uh, in tune with this stuff would have missed it, but I missed the importance of coming off the right foot in the coursework that I did. Mm-hmm. I, I understood it to be shit. Yeah. Look at it. all of these people are just in this, all of the examples they show are in this one. I'm that as well. It was like, it was like a moth flying, you know, it was easy for me to follow the light there. Cause I was watching these examples going, that is my body. Like I am that person. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of time just doing stuff on the left side, but I re- more recently have just imp- applied all of the stuff that they told me about organizing on your left side to the right side too. And being able to do both seems to be yeah. the magic sauce. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I was going to say something there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think your hip, for, for anyone listening, Chris was down a few weeks ago and the, the right hip, when we checked the flexion, so it's trying to bring, bring your right hip to the line back on the physio table. And as soon as like his hip, way before 90 degrees, way before 90 degrees um, of hip flexion, the thing just started to abduct. So like that, that knee is coming up and then it's just going out to the side. And then from there, it just like stops. And there, so he's abducting out, he's externally rotating and there's zero, there's definitely nowhere near 90 degrees of hip flexion. If you keep that knee coming straight up and there's zero internal rotation. And then we got Maybe. to like, we got past 90 and then we got, don't we be telling to, everybody. We got to some, um, we got to some internal rotation there that day, but obviously like that's going to, go up and down and up and down, but it just shows that there was some room there. It'll probably be, it's just, it's just a little, it's just very tight around there, which is natural yeah. because of like the amount of symptoms and stuff, everything just got a little bit locked up. So it's just going to take time to open up even more and more, but you can see, like, you can kind of see like, okay, you're lying on your back in whatever, whatever, what's the guard where someone is on top of you. Uh, just call it guard guard like yeah. so you're lying on your back and you need to bring your knees towards your chest the sooner you run out of hip flexion the sooner you go into lumbar flexion yeah 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 and that's One or all, the other and that's all i was using that's yeah. all i was using um yeah. I was deep heat's number one customer for a few years because <laughs> of how much I was. <laughs> or yeah. uh, icy hot was it? Nah, i didn't like the cold one now i was more no no but icy hot, hot was still hot you had this like yeah, I don't know. It's not the same. Not the same for me. I used to laugh before going out playing a match. I just 
it was always a, an old guy, our goalkeeper. He, he used to play outfield and then he went in the goal, but he always had like six six tubes of deep heat and all this <laughs> yeah, stuff. And yeah, then yeah. I knew I was fucked when I was over beside him and every time. Like yeah. yeah. like <laughs> yeah, you start smelling like him. You start smelling like That's the smell of your 30s, is what that yeah. smell is. I was rubbing on my Achilles, my knees, everywhere. Um, so yeah, but yeah, sooner you run out of hip flexion, sooner you see lumbar flexion happen. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's like just picture a squat go down in your squat okay there's your butt wink people are like oh butt wink is good or bad blah 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 blah. it's just it's just showing you that you've just stopped flexing your hips and now you had to flex something else instead that's what it is it's not good or bad it's just a matter of fact way of your body finding another way yeah. to keep moving in that direction so yeah, it's not a technical thing that's what I, people would, i would have been confused into thinking that there's a technical thing to look at there rather than i know that just means this that's just telling us but there's technical there's technical aspects to it as well which is like okay you you get someone to start in a really extended position uh like cue cue someone from the beginning in a squat drive your chest up into the sky arch your back which a lot of people are being cued exactly that thing Okay, now you're starting in so much extension that you're gonna, you're gonna, your center of mass starts forward. You don't have much dorsiflexion now. Um, and you're gonna try and sit down. And of course, your spine is gonna, your lumbar spine is gonna flex because mm-hmm. you've, you've run out of dorsiflexion. And the only way you can keep going now is to move from your most extended position to less extended to flexed. And that's, so that's what's happening. So there is technical aspects to it. But for a lot of people, they just don't have access to, past 90 degrees of hip flexion and that's you're just going to see lumbar flexion instead um i had great lumbar flexion though i'll tell you mm-hmm. if only um, i could if only I could. in one spot <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but jeez um, i've moved great that l5s one yeah mm-hmm. yeah so now you've done you've done well you've done very well you've done really really well you know um yeah it was a long kind of a long ish road back but I think and the grand scheme important. of things now it's you know I've been at this for so long that it feels like a flash in the pan really mm-hmm. so I'm glad and like I said I feel better in some areas than I've ever felt before and the areas that I don't feel good in I'm looking forward to applying the same focus and the same patience and the same you know I was in a place where I thought that I would never get better like genuinely thought that I would never get better and to to go from there to here it says to me okay well I'm not really nervous about something like that happening again and the other little niggles that were nowhere near as bad as that they will go uh, in time you know or they certainly will improve so yeah I'm confident and that's key which, which is your neck and your shoulders <laughs> and your elbows and, and my hips and my feet and my knees and my wrists and my fingers and stuff but at least they don't stop me going to the fucking toilet you know so mm. they're, they're they're not as life altering as the low back injury but yeah i'll clean all that stuff up in time <laughs> yeah yeah but like the 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 answer to the answer to not having any aches or pains anywhere is not doing jujitsu or not doing yeah, any sport yeah, any yeah, i've yeah. not been inactive in any way and like just okay now i feel absolutely fine <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah but now your heart and your lungs and your everything else and your mental health is fucked so yes it's just uh it's just finding the balance between smart things to work on those things while you actually enjoy your body and your life there is a lot of people working on their posture every day and all they do is postural drills and suddenly they realize 10 years later i actually haven't enjoyed my body yeah. i haven't done anything i'm just doing breathing drills i'm doing whatever yes my body looks different but 
actually I haven't ran in 10 years. That's not, that's not where you want to be. No, not at all. So yeah, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Yeah. Okay. Where, um, where are people going to go to find the lead? The lead. Uh, it's, you're not the only man that calls me the lead. I like the way that kind of organically cropped up. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I've started to try to post more on Instagram again. I'm, for someone who's on their phone as much as I am, I'm shite at posting on Instagram. So I'm going to do my best, a little project to try to post more. But Coach Chris online, because what, what am I? Coach, who am I? Chris and David, where is it? It's on, come on, it sells itself. Uh, and then also, uh, my, my own Instagram is Chris Letty BJJ. I post about, you know, my competition performances and results and just funny memes and stuff on there. And then my third Instagram, uh, is BJJ Bray, B or A Y. That's the town that I'm from. That's in Wicklow in uh, Ireland. And this is where I do all of my work, um, all day, every day, all week. And if you're living in Ireland or Leinster or if you're ever on the East coast and you want me to snap your arm off your shoulder come on down and i'll, I'll what's, look after what's you. the name of the gym uh oh, it's the gym with the many names technically the name is east coast jiu-jitsu academy bray east ecjja bray and ecjja is the club uh kind of semi i was there i was in the room when it was created but my coach and mentor and friend uh dara o'connell has made that one of the powerhouses of jiu-jitsu in europe at the moment um and we have a huge stable of uh, champions, world champions, European champions, um, and it's high level. I'm delighted to be a part of it. And that's my real deal. You know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm trying to be a good coach. I'm trying to learn as much as I can in this world. But this is 5% of my brain at the moment. 95% of my skill and my focus and my passion and everything is jujitsu. That's your, that's your vocation or that's your, that's your yeah, kind of that's just life, me. life's work just me i've been doing it for longer than i've been doing anything else i started it over half my life ago um and yeah it's just who i am mm-hmm. and people can train with coach chris on oh yeah <laughs> on where on dgr interactive guys um i'm teaching classes twice a week wednesday 6 30 p.m irish time and saturday 9 30 a.m obviously also irish time but every class that i do uh, is recorded and uploaded onto the members platform. And to be honest, I think like 80% of the people that actually use the classes, watch the recordings. The times obviously don't suit everyone. And what I absolutely love is to see the gains that people are making. And I didn't even know they were in my class because they're watching the record. I might not have even met this person yet. Yeah. And then they shoot me a video or they shoot me a text and they're like, check this out. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's class. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, so, yeah. uh, I didn't get you on to, to, so we did, we could promote that, but uh, oh, did you not? we have to, we have to <laughs> give it a plug anyway, but, uh, look, I'm in the Facebook group here and I'm going to read out Annalise's reply just to shout it. Annalise at one more time. Legend. I pulled out, uh, I pulled out all my summer clothes and nothing fits cause of the glutes and ribs. I'm going back to ribs that don't move. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So if you want to be one of those people, um, yeah, you should jump on DJR Interactive. And yeah, I'd love to see it. I look after like all the theory side of it and the some of the practical aspects. I'm putting up more practical stuff, but Chris does the classes, and that's where like I it's it's mostly coaches and therapists on there, but like that's how. I encourage people to learn as well. It's like, okay, David is talking here about the pump handle movement and blah, 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 blah. 
And then it's like, actually, what does that feel like? What does that look like? How do you train that? And then how do you, how do you apply that to your clients as well? So, yeah, people are welcome to join us there. Okay. Oh yeah, I need to, I'm off to teach now hours of jujitsu this evening. So I'm, I'm going to have a quick snack and leg it out the door. Good man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you will. Thank you very much. Bye. Chat to you later. Okay, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that chat with Chris, a.k.a. The Lead. Um, I'm inviting you now to join us on our membership site. So there is a code, a discount code for DGR Interactive. It is DGR Podcast. So go on to DGR Interactive, click into it on your phone now. You won't regret it. Just type in DGR Interactive into Google. It will bring you to DGR Interactive. Sign up for the year and use the code DGR Podcast, and that will give you 20% off the best uh, deal in the movement industry by far. You'll learn all these short, short kind of clips and videos. We're putting together, uh, uh, what would you call it? We're putting together like a table of contents at the moment, where it's like anything that you could think about, like, okay, so the words pump handle, anytime David mentioned the word pump handle in any of the videos he's done, you'll be able to like see, okay, in at this stage in this video between five minutes and seven minutes, David talks about pump handle here. He talks about it here. He talks about it here, here, and here. So there's five videos now and you can go and learn all these things about pump handle. Uh, the times when he mentions Achilles are in these six videos at this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. So you can kind of, you can kind of watch the content, watch each video on its own or like, so 15 minutes talking about, um, talking about like what, what the shin is doing in gait. So how the shin is progressing in gait, uh, between negative, positive, negative shin angle, ER, IR, ER, that kind of stuff. Like you can watch each of those videos one by one by one, or you can just dip into each of these videos. Like if you have a, a question on your mind, I want this place to be the place that you can go and get any answer you need, um, from either myself or a guest presentation or, uh, whatever. So uh, last week I did a video on coaching the 1990 hip shift for right pelvic orientation. So dug into that, did a practical class, broke it down in a lot of detail. Like here's the foot contacts you want. Here's how you're going to inhale. Here's your, how you're going to exhale. Here's the setup. Here's how you do the pelvic movement. Here's the sequencing. Sequencing is the important part. Um, so like, here's where you start when you're on the right leg, here's what you do with the pelvis. Here's where you go on when you're on the left leg, here's where you go on the pelvis. And then finally, here's where you go on for the third set. Uh, here's where you go with the pelvis on the left leg when you start to introduce more of a shift. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested in, in that, that was last week's content. Obviously Chris has a couple of live classes there as well, which you can watch the recordings of all the hinge stuff that we've done. And then this week I'm going to do, I have a written down here. We email our members every, every week, every Monday with a con with the content so foot contacts and pressures during hopping theory david looks at one of his clients hopping and talks you through what is happening at the foot and the lower limb during each phase david will discuss discuss compression where the maximum propulsion is coming from and timing of different segments in the hop so i'm basically going to look at like all the screenshots of a client of mine hopping and say here's initial contact here's kind of max propulsion here's here's his his um Here's as it goes into toe off, and then I'm going to explain what's happened at the foot. And there's some quite quite nice things and what's happened at the lower leg, all that stuff. So uh, that's going to be this week's video. You're going to find that in the foot and ankle chapter and in the movement theory chapter as well. And obviously, Chris will have a couple of classes this week as well. So, uh, yeah, don't forget DGR Interactive. Uh, use the code DGR Podcast, and that will bring you to the movement education of your dreams. So uh, I hope you enjoyed all of that, and I will catch you guys soon.